0: This is the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a podcast for creatives, for those who are beginning to be creative or those who have built a business around their creativity. Here, we allow creatives to tell their story about how they got to where they are today. And we give some tips on how to make your creative business better than it was yesterday. This episode of the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast is brought to you by the creative writing community. I started the creative writing community for writers of all levels. Ultimately, writing is something we do up in our office, all alone with our computers or paper and pen. So what could a writing community do for a writer? You might ask. The answer is a lot. In the creative writing community, we sprint several times a week, which is how I'm getting upwards to 30,000 words a month while traveling and having three kids at home. We also gather together to brainstorm problem areas in our stories or in our marketing, as well as share what we've learned. And we have masterclasses where experts come in and talk to us about what they know about the publishing and writing industry. And that happens one to sometimes twice a month. We also have the private Slack community where we can share articles and tidbits about our novels and really become friends who are interested in seeing everyone do well in their writing and their publishing career. Writing doesn't have to be a lonely job. If you're looking for a writing community, I invite you to try us out. Head on over to catcaldwell.com and click on Creative Writing Community. Or you can head straight on over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing community. And just a heads up, admissions closing in October. We really want to gather together and be a community and be bonded together. And for that, we're just going to have to close the community for a couple months at a time. So if you want a community through the winter to help you get writing and possibly finish that book, or maybe two, head on over and sign up. If you have questions, shoot me a question. I am completely open and available to any questions you might have. We will close in October and we won't open again until April, so I highly encourage you to check us out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another season of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. I am super excited to start the season out with you. And I say the season because this podcast started in September of 2019 and, well, we're in August of 2021, so I'm going to say that it's a new season. I'm not actually sure how people count seasons. Everyone just like counts them differently. So I'm deciding that I get to decide my seasons. (laughs) This season, we are going to have a little bit more of a focus for the pencils and lipstick podcast. Now I am a multi-creative, I like to call myself. And I think I stole that from somebody, (laughs) from one of my guests. I think that most people who are creative have quite a few different Creative interests, right? Whether we write and draw and sing, or we bake and play an instrument and do pottery or all these things. I think most of us really enjoy several different outlets of creativity. But this season, I'm going to focus a little bit more on the writing and the personal branding. As a writer, as a single one person, creative business, I have a couple different needs that are different from other small businesses. And I think that you do as well. Now, I'm going to bring in guests who are going to talk about different aspects of personal branding, what we need to do. And that includes things like your book covers, how they need to represent not only your genre, but who you are as a writer, your website. We do need websites eventually. We need at least one page where people can go and see a little bit more about us. You know, what does it need? What about the photographers that need to take our pictures? And I know all of this sounds a little overwhelming and maybe like, oh, I don't need that now. And that's okay if you don't need that now, but it's good to understand what you might eventually need. If you haven't seen my new photos done by Peggy, who was one of my guests just before my break this summer, they are absolutely amazing. So if you go to my Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you'll see new little avatars of me and they're so beautiful. And for many, many years, I didn't bother spending the money or spending the time getting them done. And so I completely understand If you don't have it and you just aren't ready for it, but it's good to know this stuff. We need to know about all these little things and what it means to be a small, personal, creative brand. But I'm also a writer and I am really curious right now about how to make writing better and better and better each time that we pick up the pen or our keyboard. I am a firm believer in the need to continue to grow and learn. And I wish I could say that I've always been like that, but I have to admit, and you'll hear me admit it to several people in the coming interviews, that in my 20s, I really didn't think that I needed to learn anything as it pertained to writing. Why? Because I thought that if it was my talent, I should know it already. Otherwise, I wasn't talented in it. Otherwise, that wasn't my thing. And that sounds so strange to my ears right now. It sounds so counterintuitive and perhaps some of it is just being that sort of egotistical 20 year old, you know, I mean, we feel like we're invincible and we're supposed to be adults, but the world is still like super scary place because we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you know, When I look back and I see that girl in my head, I'm like, oh, honey, you just, Flew by the seat of your pants, didn't you? And that's really what I did in my writing. I, I had no discipline in my writing. I didn't know really how to hone the skills. I didn't take the time or or my resources to take classes and learn from other people. I never found a mentor. I never learned to deep read my books. You know, I found pride in finishing and reading a lot of books, but I never took them as a way to really learn how I could get better. What I did was think, okay, these people are so amazing. And I put them up on a pedestal and I assumed that they were just amazing without any practice or something. I do not know that they were just like lightning struck them. God blessed them with this amazing gift and that they never, you know, they just like produce these beautiful books without any sort of hard work behind them or like on the side you know and i'm really beginning obviously to see over the last 8 years of truly pursuing my dream of being a writer an author i see how we need mentors we need to learn we need to grow and it's not just about the business growth i spent quite a few years just learning how to you know run the me myself and i business and Golly, that's like it takes a lot of time to learn that stuff because I had no business background. But I also need to learn my craft, my talent, because if I don't develop it more, what am I doing? I want my book next year to be better than my book that I published in 2017, Stepping Across the Desert. I really hope that coffee stains that's coming out in just six weeks, eight weeks. Oh my gosh. So close. I hope that you will read it and you will see that it is better than stepping across the desert or an audience with the King. I never want to go on a downward trajectory, but I also don't want to go on a flatline trajectory. I want to get better and better. And I think one of the issues that I had as a young person was that I didn't want that horrible book out there. I really wanted my first book to be the best that I could do. And the problem with that is there isn't a problem with that in itself because you should absolutely, in the moment, do the best that you can do, right? We don't want to like do a half assed job of writing and put it out there and blah, you know. But I took it to the extreme and refused to put anything out there until it was like the best. <laughs> and that's really not a way to grow right? Like that's a great way to spend five years writing a novel and then maybe even still be too scared to publish it. Thankfully I did publish it, but you know, we can't swing the pendulum too far to either side. Correct. So I've been talking to you guys. I know a lot about the things that I'm doing to hone my craft and to spend a little bit more time and to really see what the great authors, the people who are great in my head, how they spin words and how they spin stories and how they write dialogue and all those things. And I'm really grateful to the internet, honestly, to have all these resources at my fingertips. If you're not subscribed to my newsletter, I'm doing a like five, six week, we'll see how many Weeks it goes, but a series on editing, and you might wonder why does it take that long to write about editing? It's not about editing in itself. I put out a newsletter talking about how I was disappointed that these books and short stories that I was reviewing during the summer were just not ready to be published, but they were already published. I lamented that I wished that I could, you know, pull the author aside and say, hey, you have a great plot line here, a great story to tell, but you could polish it up to be so much better. I know you can do better than this. And I asked in the newsletter, why do we not edit our books? And of course I got response back on how like people can't afford it. That's pretty much the number one reason they said that they can't afford it. And I understand that. That's definitely a big part of the expenses in book publishing. But my response was also that the better you write, the less you need edited. So the better my plot line is, my story arc, my grammar, my dialogue, my character development the less I'm going to need editing. If you talk to some authors who have, you know, are up to 12, 15, 25, 30. I mean, it's amazing. There are some authors that have like 40 books published, but between the 15 to 30 bookmark, they start saying that they don't need more than a line editor because they understand their craft at that point. So when you are a newer writer, no matter what age you are, You really have to take some time to step back and understand the craft. If you don't have paragraph indents, your editor is going to charge you for going in there and finding where to put those paragraph indents. And I don't blame them because that is a pain in the tuchus, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to get a giant manuscript and not be able to see where the paragraph breaks are. That's just sounds tiring, (laughs) So, but your editor will charge you for that. And it's going to be expensive. The better you have a story arc and you understand story arc, the better your story is going to be well-developed and your editor won't need to take double the amount of time or send it back saying it's not ready. You know, go figure it out because some editors will do that as well. And so my... I think it's six weeks, but who knows how many, how many weeks I'll do it. I put in the newsletter, the pencil and lipstick writing newsletter, different ways we can get better at our craft every week. So if you haven't signed up for that newsletter, I encourage you to do it, but you can also see sort of the, the back issues on my blog at catcaldwell.com. And see like every part of it. So whenever you sign up, if you if you miss it, you can always go back and get all the resources with links. We go over grammar, what books you can get and what books I've used. We're going over podcasts that go strictly talking about story structure and writing, not just the indie business part, but the writing part and how we can get better at it we're going to go over short stories and how you can read them and books and all these other things that are coming as of today, they're coming. So if you sign up later, they're already there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm really interested in continuing that trajectory. So this season we are going to focus a little bit more on how we can get better at our craft and talking to experts who are either teachers about it, teachers about the craft or experts on the personal branding. And we're also going to talk to authors who have published and can share with us how they sort of got better and better and better. So that's kind of what we're doing. We've had two years of talking to other creatives and really just hearing their story. And I've had a wonderful time. I hope you have too. Of hearing people's stories and seeing where they've come from and where they're going, and I love going and checking on people who have been on the podcast and see like a year later, two years later, a year and a half later, like where they are. It just it's so amazing. But I am going to sort of pull the strings a little bit tighter and have have writing a little bit more of the center of it. So I want to tell you guys. A little bit something about my summer. And before we head out this week, you only have me. It's kind of like the intro to the season. And next week we start in with the interviews. And next week we actually have Jeff Elkins on the show who is called the dialogue doctor. So you're not going to want to miss that show. He is a funny guy who has an incredible story. And you're going to want to find out why he's called the dialogue doctor, right? So I wanted to share a little bit with you guys. If you've been listening for a while, you might know that I'm a little bit of a um, productivity geek. It's not that I have it figured out in my own life, but I love studying it. (laughs) So I can never say that I'm like part of the 5 a.m. club or anything, because like yesterday I woke up at 5 a.m. and today I woke up at 8. (laughs) So (laughs) I still struggle with all the productivity And all the things, I have all the books and I have, you know, sometimes I implement it super well and sometimes I just don't. So if you followed me for a while, you have heard me whine and complain about my inability to be consistent on that front. But here's a big but. I found something that works for me. I was listening to a podcast exactly June 5th and I know the date and I'll tell you why. And the guest was talking about how he counted his words. Now, I have always talked about my goals, my daily goal setting. And um, when I'm writing a book, my daily goals is 1,500 words a day. And that's always sort of on my list. That's usually four to five days a week. And I try to tick off the box because I love ticking boxes. (laughs) That's just my thing. And so that's always been the way that I've written an audience with the king, um, how I wrote coffee stains. And when I'm editing, I go to pages. So like 10 pages a day, I want to be editing, right? Now, this guy said he wrote down all of the words and he had like eight years of spreadsheets. And something about that clicked, not because I love spreadsheets, because I actually don't know anything about spreadsheets and had to get my husband to make a spreadsheet for me. I have not taken an Excel class since I was in tenth grade, high school. <laughs> so, so, but it just clicked with me, and I thought, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool to see actually how much I write? That would be fun." So I started June sixth. That's how I know the date. Started June sixth, and I started writing it down. And I have to say, this has dispelled a couple myths for me. So between June sixth and June thirtieth. I was able to write 29,567 words. And that like blew me away. (laughs) It really blew me away. Now I have to say that I wrote down the times as best I could. And it turned out to be 22 hours. And that just seemed like crazy. Like no way. There's no way that I only worked 22 hours and got that many words done. And yet... I started, I continued to do in July. Now I got to Spain and I, we were with family and we were cousins and grandma and all that. And yet I still had an obligation to the creative writing community, which is great because we still showed up three days a week and we wrote and we did as much as we could. And I got interrupted a lot, but it was fine. We got it figured out. I was just grateful that I was getting some writing done. Cause a lot of times on vacation, you just don't get as much done. And while it's great to take a full you know, vacation and time off, I actually don't feel great mentally if I don't write for weeks at a time. I feel better writing. So I was really grateful for the creative writing community and that we have implemented sprints three days a week. And so in July, now today is July 31st, and I haven't yet written today um, and I might not get to it because I'm sort of catching up on other things. But July, so let's say July 1st to July 30th, that's a full month, right? I worked 17 hours. That's just writing, right? That doesn't include even newsletter writing. Actually, I haven't included that. Hmm, that would be interesting. I could add my words to it. <laughs> but I don't include like anything that has to do with marketing, right? So um, this is just hours spent writing my books. So 17 hours writing and I got to 30,514 words, which is like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I'm so excited about these numbers, mostly because it dispels the myth in my brain that I need a ton of time to write. I don't. What I need is a strategy. I need to know what I'm going to write about beforehand, right? So I I need to spend some time while I'm cooking, while I'm cleaning, while I'm driving to get the kids or whatever, thinking about what's coming next in my book. And some of you who are plotters, you already know what's coming. I'm more of a pantser, but I think even plotters, you kind of need to know, you know, yeah, maybe what's coming, but you kind of need to know, oh, how are we going to get there? Writing is also like any... Other creativity, a lot of thinking, right? We have to think about what's coming next. So I've realized that as long as I kind of know what I'm going to be writing about, I can write quite a bit in a short amount of time. And while I still dream of the day that I could like go out into the woods in this cabin where food will magically appear and time will stand still, and I get to stay there for like a whole weekend or a week and just write the whole time <laughs> because there's no television, and there's no internet, and I'm just by myself and I'm just going to write and maybe write an entire book in one week. And how wonderful would that be? And yes, that's still a dream. I find that dream beautiful <laughs> and almost unattainable. But still, this dispels the myth that I need it. I don't need it. Actually, what I need is to just sit down and right. And so this is working for me. I am super excited about it. I'm really excited about seeing these numbers, seeing them grow. I'm excited that in July, even with spending all day at the pool, a couple days with my kids and my mother-in-law, I didn't need to freak out inwardly about the time that I was missing because I was getting words written. And I love that. I think it's great for my mental health. I think that it's great for the mood that I exude to the rest of my family. I can just, I feel like personally, I can sit back a little bit more and relax and I'm going to sort of see this. It says in July, my spreadsheet, my, my husband makes these crazy spreadsheets that I actually only worked. I wrote for 15 days. So that means half of the month. I didn't write. I had days where I wasn't writing. And to be fair, I usually kind of freak out on those days inwardly and probably show a little bit of crabbiness, if I'm totally honest. But I need to not freak out. What this shows me is I need to not freak out. I can highlight days, 15 days in August. Those are the days I'm going to write. And I can relax the days that I have to go do errands, clean the house. Go get kids, you know, volunteer at school, whatever, I can actually feel free to organize my time better instead of thinking constantly that I'm behind. You see how that goes? Like this works for my brain. I hope that I'm explaining it right. It works for my brain in the sense that I can relax a little bit more. I am a hard worker, I'm an overachiever. I honestly could sit down and write every day. I really enjoy it, but that's probably not conducive to being a mother three and a wife <laughs> you know, and a friend and a sister. I need to be okay on the days that are reserved for other things, because I know that I can write 30,000 words in 15 days. I'm super happy with that. So I encourage you to find that thing that ticks, you know, that clicks with you. I've been looking into productivity for eight years and it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I had figured this out. It seemed like such a pain to write it down, but it actually is not. (laughs) It's really not. So I encourage you to find somebody who can make a spreadsheet for you. Or I've heard that there are quite a few different free programs online where you can do it there as well and see if it works and see if it, it helps you feel like, oh my gosh, look how much I got done. I guess I used to just sort of look at the pages of how, you know, as the novel goes along, but I really like the word count. I really like to see, okay, I am working towards a goal and I'm good with that and I'm working hard at it and it's going to get there. So that's a win for me. I would love to hear your wins, obviously. (laughs) I would love to hear about what you've done this summer, uh, maybe some of your productivity things that click with you, that you really enjoy. If you find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Locals, all of those links are in the show notes. And I'd like to encourage you to come over to Patreon and sign up to be one of the patrons of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. We are going to have a lot more emphasis put on Patreon now that I have a little bit tighter knit plan for the podcast. So if you want to see the podcast continue, I would encourage you to become a Patreon. It doesn't take much. A couple dollars a month helps keep us going and gets you a shout out. You can shout out your name, your website and what you do. And I'd be happy to tell the other listeners all about you. Now, next week, as I said, we're going back into interviews. I want to encourage you guys to come back and hear Jeff talk about becoming the dialogue doctor and how that even happened and how that title came about. And I also am going to put a link in the show notes asking you guys, where do you listen to this podcast? I would really like to know. I think that Apple or I've heard is kind of losing its status as the top podcast listening app. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Where are you from? Where are you at? What is your creativity? And Where do you listen to the podcast? And it will just help me understand where to push the podcast more. And it's fun for me to hear about you guys and hear where you're from. So that's it for this week's episode of the pencils and lipstick podcast. This is episode 91 and it's published August 2nd, 2021. So here we go into the third season I am so excited that you are along with me for the ride. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information and information on my creative writing community membership group.